Hello, language enthusiasts, and welcome to The Language Worker, a space to talk about the people involved in the language business in a broad sense. I'm interested in finding out how their training, work experience, and their passion for languages has shaped our guests' professional and, of course, personal lives. Join me on this journey to explore the multiple and unpredictable paths one can follow when we are involved in the magical world of languages. Since June is the month when the LGBTQA community celebrates Pride Month, I thought it would be interesting to have someone to talk about language and inclusivity on the podcast. So I invited Ari to talk to us about their case as a transgender person and how inclusive language has had an impact on their work as a language professional. So today I'm so excited because we have Ari with us. You helped me pronounce that a little bit later. Uh, he perfect. has been doing a lot of activities uh, in our industry. So let's get to know you better. So if you could just uh, present yourself and talk about, about your background just for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. First of all, I'm really excited to be here with you. I was very shocked when you contacted me. I feel like a baby translator still. So it's like, oh my God, what? <laughs> uh, you little, little one. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I have a baby face. Yeah. I'm not that young, but anyway. Um, so, well, I studied philosophy for my undergrad and studying philosophy is like, it's very fun. I loved it, but then it's like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to work on? So I started doing all sorts of things when I graduated, like delivering cakes and uh, training, like working out and just a lot of things randomly to see what I'd like. And then I started working at a museum. I really liked art and I did um, philosophy of art. Mm -hmm. And so I got working there. I worked there for a little bit. Then I started working in the um, like culture sector at the university. But I don't know. I don't like offices. I don't like. I don't like being around a lot of people and having to be there every day and talk about what you brought for lunch every day. I, I find it like mind numbing for me. So I started doing freelance um, translations and proofreading mm -hmm. with my sister, with whom I've worked all like everything, everything, every ever since we were born, we've mm -hmm. done everything kind of together. And uh, then I did a master's degree in developmental studies because we were in the peace process here in Colombia and I was really interested in seeing how I could be a part of it and how it could be like of any help. But I figured out I can't be of any help working again in an office mm -hmm. or doing such things. I think uh, translating and proofreading is very helpful also. And then I went to Australia to study our curatorship to do a master's also in our Oh, you were physically there, right? Because I thought yes. you had just done things online or something like that. So I didn't realize that you were actually there. Hmm. No, I went, I went there. It was amazing. It was really hard for me, for my, I think, mental health being so far away. And then it was the pandemic and mm -hmm. everything was pretty hard, but I learned so much about 
art about English and about myself. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it. But then came back and really just decided I wanted to do translation. Mm -hmm. and But how referring... did you come up with this idea of going to Australia? <laughs> It was really random. It's really random, right? It's like the other side of the world. You're like, as I'm long not sure... as it's not an office, I'm going to go. <laughs> yes, yeah, kind of. Well, I think uh, I had a friend who was going there and uh, it's easy to work and study. Hmm. So that was kind of it because I, I wanted to yeah be able to maintain myself as I didn't have a scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I don't know, just random decisions. <laughs> I don't usually make random decisions, but I can say after five years that that one was pretty random. Mm -hmm. yeah. So your sister but didn't I, go this time? No, my sister has lived in Sweden for seven or eight years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she left to do her master's and she just finished her PhD. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very good. So then you yes. worked in all sorts of projects. And then as far as I know, uh, at a certain moment, you were a bit inclined towards a more specific subject with environmentalism, things like that, right? Yeah. So you know how you just, just one day randomly start... <laughs> I don't know. I think everything is just like you you make decisions and you like do this this structure in order to, to like get alive and start working and then just random things happen and I we got with my sister a job uh translating for the C40 which is uh, an organ US organization for climate change And we did it and it went really well. So we started getting a lot of jobs from them. Mm -hmm. And that's how we ended up working with climate change, which is pretty exciting. Like I like it, but I know it's, I, don't, I didn't choose it. It chose, it kind of chose us, I guess. And yeah. now we've been uh, like working towards, um, offering our services to social organizations, more human rights and mm. yeah, grassroots organizations. Mm -hmm. So what's the big project that you have right now? Um, If there is one. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the big project is uh, like finding resources to maintain our lifestyle, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> my sister is really good at uh, my sister's name is Juanita so I'm going mm -hmm. to start saying her name so Juanita is really good at uh, looking for jobs she loves LinkedIn like she is like 99% the author of my LinkedIn ah, and so it's she's... all not true <laughs> no it's all true like, no, no, like she kidding. consults <laughs> What I mean she is, consult, but yeah, I met yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I met you through LinkedIn, of course, and I have yes. been following your your posts and all that, and I have been meeting you in other places too. So I mean, I've been chasing you now for a while, and now I see that your sister was also part yes. of the deal. <laughs> oh, she's a hundred. Like I would not have LinkedIn if I didn't have Juanita, for sure, because. I get super anxious at like just applying for things. Doing my my CV is something that just like, give me crippling anxiety. Just no, I can't. So she is definitely the author of everything. I owe her everything for sure. 
She loves that. She she loves applying and she likes translating. But I think I I like it a lot more. So she does all the uh, public relations, and I do the work behind it. Hmm. It's a great team. Works yeah. perfectly. I'm a bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know we we have it really good. Yeah, but you're telling me before we started recording that you had uh, you participated or we were a part of this uh, group of translators, right? Yes. So uh, a year ago, I was invited to join a cooperative, mm -hmm. a translation cooperative called Polyphono, and uh, there are six people there right mm -hmm. now, or seven. Um, some. One is French Canadian, the other one is from United States and El Salvador, mm -hmm. and the rest of us are there's a French guy, and the rest of us are Colombians, and so they have a lot of work. They do a lot of interpretation, mm. and they have a, m much more work than they can handle. So they wanted to like redistribute work mm -hmm. and money which is pretty amazing. Mm. So I started learning how to do interpretation, which has been the best thing I've learned like Ooh. in my last 10 years for sure. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I, I really, really enjoy it. And yeah, we've been working in that project. So we share our work and our money and our problems. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'll be posting more. Problems. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I'll be posting. Well, my sister will be posting more on right. LinkedIn about it for sure. So, are the pro projects more socially inclined in that group? Definitely, definitely more socially inclined. We have, uh, we have like big clients who can pay a lot of money for interpreting and translation. They're all about yeah social social issues like uh, right for working people like yeah workers or um a lot about uh, israel and palestine the, that conflict that's mm -hmm. kind of the biggest issues we deal with and a lot of uh like colombian issues mm. um and we offer uh what's how do you say that tarifas solidarias mm-hmm so more affordable rates. Uh, yeah, more affordable rates for organizations in the global south and specifically in Colombia or in other countries of the global south. So we're trying to make accessible a service that has been traditionally very expensive or mm -hmm. that people can like do online. Like you can translate on Deeple or on Google Translate but have a shitty translation. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to offer quality translations for organizations that can't really afford it and mm -hmm. because we have really good paying client like pay clients that pay really well we can still like pay for our work mm -hmm. ourselves but offer really good quality translations for organizations that can afford it right so in those projects or in that context what kind of clients do you have i mean you don't do for example conference interpreting what kind of is it a more one-to-one uh, -one kind of thing or people going to the we doctor people going to the lawyer no it's big big uh usually conference interpretation mm. or online classes we have mm. a lot of online work um the last thing we did was a visit from a canadian university here in colombia and they had meetings with uh some social organizations 
here in Bogota. So we went with them and it was a big group, maybe like 30 people. So you worked on site for that occasion? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> it's good. To, sometimes it's good to see people like yes, I know. so much internet. <laughs> it's weird. Yes. It's much better for someone like me than someone like you <laughs> by the looks of it, but still. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, sometimes. also need just, human contact. <laughs> yes. Just once a, once a month or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's enough for you. <laughs> yes. And I have another problem project that has nothing to do with uh, working with language, but which I'm really proud of. Uh -huh, so let's I just talk about to... it, of course. Uh, uh, it's a, a gym. You so have a, your own gym? Yes, it's called oh. Pony Club Gym. And uh, the original Pony Club is in Australia. Uh -huh. And it's a gym that's like focused for queer people and uh, people that have fat, that had fat bodies. Mm -hmm that have always, like, those two people have always felt excluded from, like, the sport arenas and the gyms because it's horrible to go as a trans person to a gym. It's pretty hard. So, yeah, we we saved a lot of money and opened it with a friend. Uh, it's tiny, but there's a lot of people going, and it's it's pretty amazing. Like a family uh, gym, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tiny. Like two people can go at the same time. Just two people. Oh wow! So but your sister they're... should post some photos for us to see. <laughs> yes, I will <laughs> for sure like. send some. So as yeah. you know, I'm I'm a fan of your work on LinkedIn, and of course, I've noticed your pronouns. So let's talk about the importance of pronouns for someone who identifies with uh, as non-binary. Right? That's how you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. I think that was a big pivot in my translating and like proofreading career because um, I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory. Yes. So, <laughs> um, like when I, well, I am a trans person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I transitioned, I thought, even though like everything told me it wasn't like that, I thought that there was going to be like an ontological change. Like, there was something that would definitely be different about me. Like, something, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, my DNA was going to change. I, I don't know what I ex expected, but I mm -hmm. felt like something really was going to feel different inside me. And I understood with time that, for me, what changed was the, was the way I was going to be addressed in, like, in my social life, in my, like, in my intimacy, which I had control over. Like, I only had friends who already addressed me as I wanted to be addressed. But mm -hmm. then in the street, just going to the supermarket and not being, not being called and treated as a female, that was what I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So I realized, which was, like, I already knew in my brain, like, in my mind, but I didn't know in my, with, like, with my body and my heart that, that what needed to change was the language which, which, with which I was named. So that moment when I realized that it was like, we need to have inclusive language because that's the change that trans people need. Like mm -hmm. they need to be named as they feel they should be named. So that's when I started um, working with inclusive language, like doing a lot of emphasis on, on that issue. For me, it's, it's crucial 
like in as you know in Spanish as it happens in Portuguese everything is super gendered. Yeah. So like the bed has a gender and the computer has a gender but like that that's not important but all the adjectives and around me will have a a gender and it's so hard <laughs> it's just so hard right like like masculine is the like the universal the dominant the dominant and universal <laughs> way, yes. way yes so we have the royal spanish academy which is like i love rules and i have a weird relationship with the royal academy because i'm like thank you for having so many rules that i can consult and follow and teach yay but at the same time it's like can we please so you're a grammar be... person right yes i love yes, grammar i yes. understand dictionaries and grammar i know yeah <laughs> Like my favorite class in, in in school was definitely the one where I learned grammar and yeah yeah, yeah loved it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can share that. I think we can share that with a lot of people who are listening also. Yeah, yes, so, of course. Yeah, grammar nerds. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grammar nerds for sure. But at the same time, they like they're really uh, they're really trying to stop that language from changing towards mm -hmm. having the e at the end so like todes or amigues they're really against it and i understand like it's it's their job to to be square mm -hmm. but it's also our job to try to modify things underneath yeah so uh i don't know where i was getting to but i think it's it's crucial that we learn how to how to name people the way they want to be named because it's it changes everything like it's yes, so much so sorry so much so that like when i when i wasn't so into my, my transition i hadn't taken that this much testosterone that i have a beard now yay and <laughs> i would go out and, <laughs> thank you i'm very proud of it uh like when i go i went out and i was trying so hard to be named as as a at least as not as a female yeah mm -hmm. like as a guy because i i didn't uh expect people in the streets to call me by like non-binary or yes neutral pronouns mm -hmm. um and when i did my best and nobody did like i went to the supermarket and everybody was like mrs lady queen because you know in colombia it's like bizcocho, <laughs> and i was like it just filled me with dread of going out it it completely destroyed my self-esteem and my yeah like my will to live actually so it's like you can you can name people the way they want to be named and you can forever change like their life mm. or at least their day so i think it's crucial so you do have your ways of, of trying to solve those situations when you are at work, translating and interpreting and all that. Do you have like a, a three or four kind of techniques for us uh, Latin language speaking people yes, to keep in mind sure. when we're yes. working? I think it, it for sure depends on who your client is. Mm -hmm. And who are you? Yes, who are you translating so for? So, you know, you know like, what if my I'm... fetish uh, fetish show is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you like? Uh, like yeah, real, I, is I that reality that. TV? Uh, yes, that is reality mm -hmm. TV, and I actually you don't know it. 
So it's the, I know, yeah, oh, I know, you know it. it, right? Yes, so I, I watched it in every language. So that's what okay. I did. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so I know a lot of versions, and I can only mm. imagine um, what those subtitles go through. And actually, I would love if anyone knows anyone who has re uh, subtitled anything related to uh, the drag race somewhere. That would I'd be amazing. To talk to <laughs> I'm. I'll be waiting for that podcast. Yeah. For so sure. I'll, I'll. I'll keep on on searching for those people. So if anyone mm. knows about someone who has already worked on that show or similar shows because now they have a bunch of them uh, because they have to deal with this constantly. So I'm always yeah. wondering, what are you going to do now? What are they going to do now? Right. And I don't even mean the grammar parts, which are where you probably are a specialist, but also the whole specific jargon of, of the community, right. Of the oh, yes. queer community of, of which I'm also a part of, obviously. So I'm very interested in this, in this matter from that, point of view but so let's hear about one or two things that we can start implementing in our daily work all right so i think if you're if you're already talking to queer people so for example um you can well if you want you can look at the pony club um uh, social media which is only instagram mm -hmm. um I'll so your your you... your gym right we're talking about your yes gym. my gym yeah my gym we use uh only neutral like we're doing everything to be as inclusive as, as we can. Because so, it's in Spanish, right? It's in Spanish, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we use either amigas, for example, uh, which is uh, the E, like not amigas or amigos, but amigas. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's been uh, used a lot. And because we already have a queer, we are already addressing a queer community, well, like it's perfect for them. Mm -hmm. Or uh, amigics with an X at the end. Mm -hmm. which is which really works and it i think it looks really cool but then the um text to voice programs won't read it so mm -hmm. it's hard for someone who who has a, a an eyesight problem mm -hmm. um so it's inclusive for some but then it won't work for yeah so we try to use amigues todes or um, we refer to the people that go to the to the gym as ponies, because oh. it's a pony club. <laughs> so we call just like yeah, just come ponies to our gym or something like that. And ponies, although it's el pony, it's masculine. Yeah. Well, it's just like yeah, an animal. So I don't think anybody feels like it's not la pony. I don't mm. think it has a feminine. I'm not sure. I've never heard about it. <laughs> yeah, me either. Or le pony. But yeah, I think pony, uh, like, yeah, looking for words that uh, don't refer necessarily, although every word has a gender in these languages, that doesn't, like, is not talking about, gen like, at the end, about genitals of someone or, uh, and yeah. I think that's, that's one. Uh, looking for, for example, uh, we don't say... Uh, la Ciudadana or just in a more formal space. So mm -hmm. not La Ciudadana, like the female citizen or the male citizen, but uh, ciudad um, La Ciudadanía, so mm -hmm. citizens. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, we're looking for words that don't are not talking about the gender of the people who you're So you do speaking. have like some sort of a... Mm -hmm let's call it a bit of a glossary or list that you have 
I don't know, prepared or does that exist or have you seen it somewhere? Oh, it doesn't. I haven't, but I'll for sure make it. That would be super interesting. <laughs> Yes. Yes, that's a great idea. Um, and I always when... say that we need to include that, like, you know, you were at an event recently where I was and I was like, oh, yes, let I'm going to to invite him over to come and talk to me about whatever we want to talk about. And then I was uh, talking about the, the style guides, right? Because I think that for certain shows, or you know types of materials you should already have into consideration some sort of information in those style guides i know that to begin with style guides are pretty rare in the industry or not as frequent as they should be but i mean would you be willing to like develop for a client a style guide of this nature Yes, yes, I would. Uh, there are some, there's actually one from the um, Chilean government, mm-hmm which was very surprising. And it's really good about how to use the E and like to, they they use it in the public transport Oh. uh, system. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's amazing in Santiago, Chile. That's pretty. Why do you think that happened in Santiago specifically or Well, I think it was after the, like, those social upheaval they had in 2020-21. And they got a very progressive government now. I don't know who, I don't know. hmm. Yeah, we don't Some know the specifics. queer person. Some <laughs> queer person went Some just like, queer this is, person. we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do this. And, like, probably passed it at midnight when nobody could object. And then, it's, it's amazing. It would never happen here in Colombia. Like, it would never happen. well But yeah, we don't know I think they're maybe in like 50 <laughs> years. But maybe that's a all right. queer person will take over the government Yes. <laughs> so do Maybe. you feel like colombia is not up to part when it comes to you know inclusiveness of all people in all possible from all po possible points of view like women uh, transgender people whomever even even the, the gay community or the LGBTQIA plus <laughs> Yes. I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, whatever I don't know. I feel like we have a very progressive government also right now, but we have a very progressive uh, vice president who's Francia Marquez. Like she's the first black woman ever to be in that kind of power. And she's amazing and she's working towards really... Uh, different types of inclusion but I think we're still in a like in a previous phase I think I think modifying language like public language like used by public uh, officers to include trans people is maybe too much right now when we still facing so much Like violence regarding, I don't know, racism and violence towards women. I think there are there are fights that need to be fought first, and that's that's all right. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. that's all like right. a prerequisite to then go further into more specific needs of certain parts of the population i suppose i guess you're right Yeah. that's pretty much the way i see it too yep Yes. I understand where you're coming from it totally makes sense so you know i'm gonna hold you to it i'm going to ask you about this public
style guide or for for Latin languages and and I mean I'm I'm open to participating too if you, if you no, need amazing. any examples from, from yes. Portuguese that would be great that would be really cool we would have an episode talking about it maybe can 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 invite your sister too because she's she's a part of our conversation yes for sure <laughs> my sister whoever is you want amazing. your fellow translators from your from your cooperative and all of that Okay, so, that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. So, Ari, thank you so much for this. No, <laughs> There's a thank lot you. of information packed here, I would say. And it's been amazing talking to you because I already knew that I was interested in your work. But as you know, this is my excuse to actually ask more specific <laughs> questions. And at the same time that everybody gets to know you better and whomever follows your work already follows your work, but who, whomever doesn't, gets to know you a little better and starts following what you do from now on. And maybe they need your help uh, in the nearby countries or somewhere else in the world, or they get inspired. So all of this is really important. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. No, thank you. For it's been amazing. <laughs> You're such a good like conversation. Uh, I don't know. I was going to say a word in Spanish, but yeah, it's yeah, great. Go ahead. Say anything you want. <laughs> Eres una gran conversadora. Oh, thank you so much. I already. I can take it as someone who just talks, talks, talks. No, because you ask really good questions. No, I guess they were just the obvious questions. <laughs> because we're getting to know each other too, since this is our first time talking to each other. So thank you so much. And let's have uh, a future episode about uh, specific rules lists of words things that you think or your a group of people believes that should be implemented or at least should be a starting point for doing something different thank you awesome, so much yes. thank and you i'm going to keep on following your adventures and we'll talk soon no, thank you thank you so all much. right thank you